0: Joanna.
1: Hello, Nate.
0: Seems like it's been a long time, roughly a
1: month. I know. I'm really excited to be back. You know what this is? What's this? This is like our uh, super special sleepover episode because I've been sleeping over at your house so much this week.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, I've been sleeping over at Nate's and then our great friend, Laura. I have... Yet to post this to the page, but I probably will today before this episode is out. But I am a little concerned that Laura might not be Laura anymore. Uh oh. There are some giant like pod things on her table, her kitchen table. Oh, really? Yeah. And she tried telling me that they were zucchinis that were forgotten (laughs) about.
0: Sounds like some bullshit.
1: But they are like gargantuan. I looked up the pods, like, you know, the pod people pods, and they're not an exact match, but. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. So I'm like, I I'm not even sure you're you. I what?
0: wonder if this is something that other Laura's it's happened to other Laura's as well, because there was that Hurricane Laura. So maybe oh. that was just a cover and that's this is like the Laura pod person takeover.
1: It could be. I mean, I'm not even sure I am myself anymore. Oh yeah,
0: no, I I'm pretty sure I, I I'm not anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I could just be like crazy with fatigue with the moving and the unpacking and the coming back into town. Yeah. Staying on people's couches. I mean, it's it's exhausting, but at the same time the one cool thing is that I feel like I'm like 20 years old again because that's yeah, right. probably the last time I like totally couch flopped at my friends' houses. Yep, yep. Yeah. But yeah, super special sleepover episode. That's
0: right. And we've got a couple stories for you guys today. One is a listener suggestion, and the other one is a, a I mean, not it's a, a It's suggestion. a true it's crime just...
1: story with a twist, with a paranormal twist.
0: So we will start with the listener suggestion.
1: And this came to us from... Uh, Justin from Illinois. Who wrote us just the most wonderful, most awesome email saying how much he enjoyed the show, and thank you so much for that, Justin. You have no idea how awesome it is for us to to get feedback like that.
0: He wanted to hear about Cry Baby Bridge. There are actually several Cry Baby Bridges throughout America. Mm. The one we'll be talking about today is in Monmouth, Illinois. Other Cry Baby Bridges are located in Utah, Kentucky, Virginia, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Maryland, Texas, and Ohio. Both Texas and Ohio have more than one crybaby bridge each.
1: Well, wow. now I'm gonna just ask why. But is the answer as to why they're called crybaby bridge, Do people hear babies crying when they like cross them, or what?
0: That's sort of yes. Okay. And the interesting thing is that all of the bridges. I, I'm just gonna focus mainly on the Illinois one, right? But all the bridges have very similar stories as to the one in illinois so that's pretty weird the crybaby bridge in illinois is a single lane bridge made from steel and it crosses over the cedar river now that's not just one lane going each way that's just a single lane oh wow yeah originally the bridge had been made of wood and was used for moving cattle between a couple pastures and it was originally built before the Civil War. The story goes that a child died on the bridge and can be heard at night crying. It was the 1930s that the original bridge was torn down, and when it was rebuilt, it was rebuilt in a different location. So the standing one is not at the original location of this original bridge where the story is kind of started. Okay. There are other stories about this bridge other than just the child dying. One of these is about a young woman who got pregnant. The father did not want to be involved with the child or her, and so she was desperate. She didn't want to deal with the social repercussions and stigma and whatnot of being an unwed mother at the time, so she just tossed her weak old baby over the edge. Wow. There's another sort of a we-know-what-you-did-last-summer incident involving teenagers. Damn teenagers.
1: Damn teenagers. Were they driving? They they
0: were cruising around. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Probably they were on people's lawns, as teenagers are wont to do. And they hit a guy that was on the bridge who was fishing, killing him. And, of course, they didn't tell anybody. And, you know, now I guess that's what you hear crying on the bridge or that's just Mm. an unfortunate incident that happened on the bridge.
1: Did those teenagers die by a hook? It did not say, (laughs) but I can't imagine any way that they would have gone otherwise. Was it some fisherman all dressed in black who was kind of scary and then he comes back and, you know, he wasn't actually dead and he kills them all with a hook? That's how that goes.
0: Yeah, that's always how it goes. Damn fishermen with hooks. Another story is that on a stormy afternoon, a school bus driver with a busload of kids lost control and went over the bridge into the river below, drowning everybody.
1: How tall is this bridge, I wonder? I'm not sure, but the and it's river one... is a
0: fairly large river.
1: Oh, okay. And it's one lane, so it's like, how long is it, too? Because that seems to be—I mean, it seems like it wouldn't be very long if it's just one lane, because— if only one car can go one way one at a time, like
0: it's not like a main main road. Yeah. It's sort of a side road or you know, going on to private property sort of thing, or like a okay. like it used to be the way, but then they made, made a better way, way but mm-hmm. there's still this way that you can go around or whatever. It if I remember correctly looking at the map, the bridge went over like pat like before an intersection, so There was an intersection shortly thereafter that you could go on instead of the bridge. That would take you back towards the bridge or often to a couple other directions.
2: Bridges kind of freak me out.
0: I don't have a big problem with them. Bert was terrified of bridges, but I think he got over that.
2: Mm. I don't like floating bridges either.
0: It's madness.
1: It is madness a little bit and I'm not sure which would be safer if they were to um fail, but I'm guessing both are probably just, you know, you're just fucked. So
0: Yeah, if you if the bridge fails while you're going over it, you're pretty much screwed. Mhm. It doesn't matter what kind of bridge it is, but you know how often that happens?
1: Not very often. Not
0: very often, especially not around the places that you drive.
1: I know, I know. It's I'm mean, the same with like freeway on-ramps that take you up like super high. Right. Because all I can think about is, like, what if it's, like, zombie apocalypse, and I wouldn't be, like, I would not want to be driving on some of those, like, really old overpasses. Like, how long does it take before it, like, breaks down without any human maintenance? I don't know. You need to, I need to watch that show, like, that after people show, because I think it, like, tells you, like, when shit starts, like, falling apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think maybe you. Because
1: it's like, man, that's something you got to think about. Like, I got to find a new route to Bellevue now, because that on-ramp's just going to be too... Unstable.
0: Well, you can probably <laughs> think you won't be going to Bellevue very much during the apocalypse because you won't be working there and I won't be working you there. You also probably won't be in the state unless the apocalypse happens pretty fucking quick here.
1: That's true. So I'll I would be in say a different state.
0: You can find a different bridge to freak out about or a different on ramp to freak out about. Though I don't think they have anything like that where you're going because, you know, there's not a lot that's very high up off the ground there.
1: It's not. I mean, it's one of the things I kind of like it. Like I, I do like the uh beauty of the mountains and such but it is wildly convenient to live in a very flat place yeah
0: yeah i mean you'll I figure out ways that. for it to freak you out but i mean
1: well i guess maybe if there's like a flood i mean how do you get to higher ground <laughs> right
0: well you know the nice thing about where you're going we is guess. there's nothing that's going to flood <laughs> unless there's some sort of noah's ark situation right. in which case hopefully you're the motherfucker building the <gasps> boat
1: i just like to be prepared you know i like to think of all the scenarios uh, yeah well, like you a like lot. to you yeah. like to yeah <laughs>
0: Fortunately, if you're crossing this bridge and your car breaks down, you just put it in neutral, and the child ghosts will push your—you know—from the bus crash will push your car across the bridge.
1: Seriously, yeah, this happened to people.
0: They—they they say that that it happens, and apparently it happens regardless of what side of the bridge you're on. And so even you know you'll 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 stop on the one side and then put your car in neutral and roll forward, and then if you then drive across the bridge and then turn around and do it the other way, it also apparently allegedly. Does it that way as well? um Additionally, if you put baby powder on your bumper, then when the kids push your car, you will see their little handprints in the baby powder. What? I don't know exactly how that came about. Maybe, s- well,
1: maybe somebody broke down and felt and heard many children that he couldn't see pushing his car. So then, like the next week, he like went back and like decided to do the same thing.
0: Like, maybe, maybe. Like, maybe. all right, this
1: time I'm going to put baby powder down. And see if I can like, get some yeah. handprints.
0: Maybe a baby powder or just like a flower truck broke down or like got into an accident or something. So there is like powder that spilled over onto the bumper of the car mm. and then it got pushed across. And Could be. are like, holy shit, those are fucking ghost kid hands. I
1: mean, flowers got a lot of uses. It does. It y'all. does.
0: An interesting thing is that one side of the bridge is in fact seven feet higher than the other side of the bridge. So a car would only go down one way, or should only should only coast down one way.
2: Oh, okay. For a
1: second, I was thinking it was like I thought you meant like the um, no, not
0: short. It was seven feet short. It's madness.
1: <laughs> no, I was thinking like it was tilted.
0: Oh no, no, no. Like
1: one, no. you know, the the left side was no, seven feet higher side, than the no. right side. I'm like, oh, do people like just. Flip over and fall a lot because that—that seems- would
0: be quite a an a, a angle. But no, it's um not that. It's it's the one the far side of the bridge is like seven feet lower or whatever, and that's not that much really for depending upon how long it is. I mean, seven feet really isn't that much. If it gets to be you know, fifty feet, it's probably not really that much of a of an angle.
1: Yeah, you know, I have nightmares about that about where I'm driving and angles. Uh, yeah, and it's angled like it'll be up a hill but almost like like so steep it's it's gonna go like the ring of fire, like in a It's circle. really good
0: you're going someplace flat. And I think you've got a lot dreams- of anxiety anxiety with uh Inclines and declines. I
1: do, and in my dreams, it's like I'll start to feel like the car like fall. Like I'll know that it's like not going to make it, and I'll actually have to get out and push the car because in my dream I can do that. I can just get down out and like hold the steering wheel and walk along like it's a fucking bicycle.
0: <laughs> right? You're like no, this is fine. I'm like
1: no, no, this angle is too sharp. I'm not going to be able to drive it. I'm going like, to hold on you know, get out. and just on, push it. Just push it, man. That would be. But convenient. it's just so weird because it's so stressful. I'm trying to get somewhere, and then I end up with like all these, like really. Like, tight curves and steep inclinations that almost put you backwards and upside down. and
0: You're going to start having corn stress dreams. The corn will be stalking you.
1: <laughs> that's funny.
0: <laughs> Investigators have not found proof of a haunting on this bridge specifically. So some ghost hunting folks have gone there, and they've found nothing really about this specific bridge that's haunted. The place the original bridge was has been lost to time no one knows exactly where it was. A lot of shit changed, especially because this was built before the Civil War.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: a lot of shit changes. And yeah, bro, it was torn down in the 30s. But even since the 30s, a lot of the topography of the United States has changed.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: But Monmouth is an old ass town. And so it's believed that it is pretty fucking haunted, but just not this bridge specifically.
2: mm
1: well, I wouldn't I wouldn't always count on what ghost investigators come up with cuz That's definitely <laughs> true. I mean Because I mean, although they have some really cool tools and sometimes it seems like they come up with stuff when it's not there, and then other times, I don't know, I would just look at some place and be like, "No, this is place is haunted as fuck," but because they can't, you know, read anything on one of their machines, they're just like, "Nope, nothing here." I so... think
0: that it Wildly depends on the group and the level of visibility they have to the public.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like some of them out there are like totally just like being noisy and kind of manufacturing scares. But then a lot there's not like I haven't wa- re- watched a lot of them. I did watch Taps. Mm-hmm. I think it was. That, I think that was the first one with uh I can't remember the names of the guys in it because I, I did, it's been a long time since I watched it. But they were pretty scientific about that whole thing. And they were, I mean, they did have some of the things like, oh my God, what was that? Mm -hmm. But when they would always be real logical and reasonable about everything when they would go back and they didn't count personal experiences as very much. Mm -hmm. What they counted was the shit they could actually capture and prove. Right. So I think depending upon how much you're willing to set aside your bias depends upon how good you'd be at it. And I also think that if mainstream science were to get on board, it would make it a lot better too, because you could actually start getting credible baselines for stuff in general mm-hmm, but there's no money in fucking ghost hunting, I mean really, and that's scientists may want to
2: not unless you're
1: really entertaining at it, or you right, can right. actually capture ghosts like in ghostbusters
0: but I mean it's it no one's gonna put the money. Into ghost research because it's, I mean, there's nothing that it's really going to help anyone. I mean, weapons make money. Right. And medicines make money. But finding out something that may, you know, tear down social stuff, they don't really want to put a bunch of money into. Right. And suddenly there's the proof there's the afterlife that, you know, ruins a lot of people's paradigms about, you know, life.
1: Well, they're never going to... um do anything in in that field because if they find out that there isn't one
0: that know, fucks shit up too
1: that'll really fuck shit up that'll fuck shit up for churches who have a lot of fucking money and power so yeah yeah definitely i mean that's kind of one of their like you know big selling points is if you go to us you're gonna get into heaven yeah, and have eternal, an yeah.
0: it's interesting though because i believe the bible says i think peter actually said that when you're dead you're dead until. Like, rapture, and then all the dead souls can go to heaven. But until then, dead is dead, according to Peter. Mm. I don't know shit.
1: I don't know shit about shit. Yeah. I don't know shit about fuck.
0: I don't, yeah, yeah, me neither. But you should tell us a little bit about this uh, crazy story of yours.
2: All right, well, I heard this story first on my favorite murder,
1: and I, I mean, it's it. You might have heard of it. It's
0: the podcast. <laughs> the is, podcast. It's a it's a indie podcast. I believe they're out of uh, someplace in California.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think that they're. I wouldn't classify them as. Well, I guess they're indie, but um, <laughs> like, you know, if you're super successful enough to like have your own fucking podcast network and everything like that, right? Like, maybe then there should be like another subcategory for people like us. Yeah. <laughs> Indie, but uh nobody knows who the fuck we are. Yeah, I and uh you yeah. know, we have like tens of fans. That's but. right.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, I've been I hadn't listened to them in forever, but uh while I was road tripping, I was like, you know, I think I'm in the mood to listen to a little uh MFM. And so, I heard the story first from them and they do true crime, but when I heard the ending to the story I was like, Oh, hello, that's kinda in under our scope of uh subjects. Other sources I have are Alcatron dot com article Murder of Raina Mariquin and then an article from the Sun dot com. It's September second, nineteen ninety nine. And Ronald Cohen of Jericho, New York, is doing something that, as we discussed at the beginning of the episode, I myself am in the midst of doing. He is moving. Moving Yuck. house. Yuck. <sighs> Which is just such a fucking pain in the ass. I could probably go on for about five hours about all the things that have been a huge pain in the ass about my move personally. Um, Nate's already had to listen to it, though, and probably several hours more over the last week. So, And
0: then I don't want to have to edit through all that <laughs> again, too. <so. laughs> we'll
1: just leave it at that. But Ronald is doing his final walkthrough with the buyer. His name is Hamid Tafagodi, and he is buying the house from Ronald for $455,000. All right. Way to go, Ronald. Right. Well, I mean, New York real estate, even uh, 20 years ago. Yeah hot yeah now when they take a peek at the crawl space under the living room Hamid points out a 55 gallon steel drum and basically is like uh yeah i'm going to need you to remove that
0: <laughs> right like
1: before it's a big you leave. fucking
0: thing i don't want to have to take care of that
1: and i'm sure inwardly ronald just fucking curses and it's just like, Goddamn it, because that's the thing with moving is there's always things that you just totally fucking forget about that become wildly inconvenient, yeah, yeah, right at the end, and this was one of them the 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 steel drum had been there when he moved into the house ten years prior, and he too had noticed it, but then saw that it was like big and heavy, and then just fucking forgot about it,
0: yeah, it didn't matter. it was in a crawl space it was in a crawl right? space, yeah.
1: so he just left it and Totally forgot about it right until this guy who's buying his house is like, "Um, yeah, that needs to go.
0: Yeah, I don't want that thing here. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't want that thing there. Getting rid of big metal things is a pain in the ass.
2: It is. It is. So there were movers at the house at the time, you know, getting all the last minute stuff cleared out.
1: So Ronald enlists the help of a few of them to drag it out from under the crawl space because this thing is heavy as fuck. It turns out it's three hundred and forty five pounds. Oh yeah, it's heavy. They drag it out of the crawl space and out onto the street, and Ronald puts it on the curb with the garbage cans and some other assorted like litter that he wants the garbage people to pick up. Yeah,
0: yeah. Reasonable.
1: Mm-hmm. Now the next morning when he comes to check up on everything he discovers that the sanitation workers have picked up the garbage and the additional stuff left with the exception of the barrel
0: it's too heavy probably yeah there's a
1: note on it saying like i'm sorry we will not remove this because number 1 it's heavy as fuck number 2 it could contain hazardous materials we just don't know so you're going to need to uh contact somebody else about pickup of this thing yeah
0: i'm pretty sure waste management won't at least in this state they won't take shit that has to be handled by more than one person.
1: And you know at this point like Ronald is just like god damn it because f-
0: more of a pain in the ass.
1: More of a pain in the ass. I mean I don't know like Jericho is in Nassau County and I don't know how they do it there but uh here I know that uh, hazardous waste removal is expensive as fuck
0: until they actually have like the hazardous waste uh, collection things. I think that it's free,
1: right? But they only have those things like once every three months or something yeah, like that. Yeah. They have like that twice a year or some shit. This guy's got to get rid of it like now. Oh it's yeah, heavy hazardous waste,
0: possibly hazardous waste,
1: heavy possibly hazardous waste, which just means like cha ching cha ching. Not only is it possibly hazardous, but it's heavy as fuck. And he so, hasn't
0: he hasn't tried to open it.
1: No, he hasn't tried to open it. But at this point, he's just like, well, goddamn it, what am I dealing with here exactly? So. He gets like a crowbar or whatever and pries the lid off of this drum. And as soon as he does, he is overwhelmed by a hideous smell.
0: That's not good.
2: Mm -mm. He looks into the barrel and it is filled with like tons
1: of like tiny little plastic pellets. Huh. Like, imagine, like, Kinda the like filling the... of something.
0: Or, like, the... Was it actually plastic, or was it the stuff that is supposed to absorb, absorb moisture?
1: It's plastic. Plastic. They're plastic pellets, and they are kind of floating in a green sludge. Uh-oh. I'm thinking it's probably something like, you know, tapioca pudding. Right, right. Except green and awful, or that, like, that boba tea. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Except the plastic beads are a little bit harder than.
1: Yeah, they're a little bit harder, and there's a horrible stench, and yeah. Protruding up from these plastic beads is a hand, and also a shoe that would appear a woman's shoe that would appear to still have a you know foot in it. Oh, great! That's so great. Ronald calls nine one one. And the police come out, and they're like, yeah, that is a body, it seems like, in there. And they immediately called for backup. Yeah. Now, the terrible part of me that exists is thinking, like, I bet you, like, after the initial shock, Ronald was probably secretly glad. At least I would be secretly kind of glad. Yeah, now I don't have to take care of this. Yeah, exactly, because now the police (laughs) are going to take it away and have to do their investigation and... He gets to just wash his hand of the whole thing. Hopefully,
0: he gets to wash his hand of the whole thing.
1: <laughs>
0: Seems like wash if... his
1: hands, I should say, Wash both of them. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. you
1: definitely would want to wash both of them. if I had just seconds. opened up a barrel that had a human body in it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. That's just me being an awful person. I would be shocked and upset, but then I would be like, "Oh my gosh!" Now I at don't least have I don't to have to take care of, of the fucking thing. barrel.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's an inconvenience. It's a big inconvenience. You're you're not wrong. Well, the police take the barrel off of Ronald's hands, and they take it down to their, you know, like a medical examiner, forensic, whatever. The
1: remains are pulled from the barrel, and the police discover that it's a body of a woman with long brown hair, and she has been mummified because the barrel was, like, airtight. The seal oh, right, on it was yeah. airtight. So she doesn't have any... She's really well-preserved, but no uh, internal organs or anything remain.
0: Jesus. Is that what all the goo
1: inside is? Uh, Well, no. Like, some of the goo is an actual, like, chemical. It's a dye they oh, discover. Okay. They also find, like, the stem of a fake... Flower, like some fake flower leaves. Interesting in there. They find her purse, which contains a hairbrush, some makeup, and a paper address book.
2: Her cause of death is blunt force trauma due to numerous blows on the back of her head. And also,
1: also, she happened to be nine months pregnant with a baby boy.
0: God damn.
1: Yeah, they measured the fetus to be about uh seventeen inches long, which is full term. Yeah, yeah. Through uh the clothes that she's wearing and other forensic tests, I guess, they think that she has been in that barrel for twenty to thirty years.
0: So dude had bought the house and lived there for ten years.
1: Right. This and would... so
0: ten to twenty years before he even bought the
1: house. Right. And she also had some very unusual dental work, which they uh, somebody on the staff there recognized as likely she was from South America, Central oh. or South America,
2: because of the weird way her teeth were fixed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's all they really had to go on. There were no missing person reports in that area
1: from around the time they think she might have died. They decided to begin their investigation with looking into the owners of the house and when that crawl space was added. Through county records, they were able to find permits for the crawl space from 1960. The owner of the house, when it was put in, was named Howard Elkins, and he had lived there until 1972.
0: So he was the guy that put in the crawl space.
1: Yes. And whereas subsequent owners... Four families owned the house after Elkins did. They all immediately remembered the barrel in the crawl space. One previous owner even stated that his kids used to play hide and seek behind it. Oh, God. Yeah. Can you imagine?
0: Right, like
1: finding out all those years your kids were playing hide and seek, but there's a fucking body there was in a there. Fucking body. No, there's the two bodies in there. At, yeah, actually, you're right. There were two bodies in there because that was a fucking baby, baby.
0: Yeah, nine months pregnant, she was
2: about to pop. She
1: was. Elkins was the only person who was kind of like, "Well, yeah, I had the crawl space put in, but I never went down there." Yeah, and I don't know who those contractors were that like put it in or who, you know, accessed it and blah blah blah. Kind of it was you know a little evasive. A little shady. There was an article before I mean it it made news right away and so there's like a an article where they're getting a quote from being like, "Yeah, I never went down there. I never saw anything."
2: And Yeah, it's, it's weird we like have something
0: in, built and then never go
2: down there. Right. But
1: whatever, I mean, maybe it was just something like, "Oh, you should have a crawl space," and it's like, "Oh, okay, now it's built." But
2: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He was just kind of like, "Yep, nope, never went down there. Never saw anything down there." What's a crawl space? Right.
1: (laughs) The police contacted the barrel manufacturer, and from there they were able to identify a uh, local company that use the 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 manufacturer supplied them regularly with these barrels. It was a place called Melrose Plastic Company. What did Melrose Plastics Company make?
0: Plastic flowers?
1: Yes, wow. you are correct. They made plastic flowers. And also it just so happened that Howard Elkins was like a co owner of that company. Interesting. So there's that. Police interviewed the other owner, and he stated that he thought Elkins may have been involved with one of the immigrant girls who worked on the factory floor, but he didn't have any like personal information about her
0: right't he, he was just like, "I think there was a girl,
1: yeah, there might have been some girl because they had a bunch of I guess you know immigrant women work in the factory floor, yeah, probably for total shit wages.
0: You got to take advantage of marginalized groups.
2: That's right, so that you can, you know, buy your nice houses and yep, exactly <laughs> buy your good real estate. Now back at the lab, the police painstakingly dry
1: the individual pages of this paper address book, which has been sitting in sludge. Yeah,
0: no shit for thirty years for or whatever, twenty or thirty years.
1: Years. So once it's dry, you can't read anything. But they do use this kind of like light spectrum. I'm just going to say doohickey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like something a, that
0: can see can, where chemicals were on something or where yeah, they were. Yeah, it can pick up yeah.
1: chemicals. And I think it can also kind of um, maybe just read. Like there's still like the indentation from, yeah, from a pen or whatever. And yeah. it, can, it can subtly pick up on the like even the tiniest indent. Yeah. So. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about the actual technology of it, but I'm going to guess indents and chemical signatures.
0: Some sort of magic, probably.
1: Yep. A little magic, perhaps. They were able to find her immigration number, which, you know, they pop into the computer and it they find out it belonged to a woman named Raina Angelica Mariquin. She was 25 when she immigrated to the United States from El Salvador in 1966. She worked as a nanny and also for a manufacturer of synthetic flowers.
2: Hmm. hmm. And at age 27 in
1: 1969, there was nothing
2: further. Like, that's just it, you know? They didn't yeah. have any other... Uh, employment records for her, nothing. Well, the police decide that probably they have enough to
1: maybe try and find this Howard Elkins. I mean, the press had already found him, so it wasn't like, yeah, difficult Yeah, it wasn't going to be a stretch for the police to find him. <laughs> uh, he was down in Boca Raton, Florida. Oh,
0: right, well. That's so where you go.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, before we get to the the interaction between him and the police department and, and what goes down there, they did find several other phone numbers, but obviously, since it's been 30 years- None of them were probably active None still, of yeah. them were working except for one. That number was for a woman named Kathy, and they call her up, and as soon as- they ask her, like, oh, hey, did you know uh, Raina Maroquin?" She totally starts crying, and she says that Raina was a dear friend of hers, and they had taken English classes together, and that Raina had told her, before she disappeared, Raina had told her that she was pregnant, and that she did not say who the father was, only that he was married and had a family. Ah, and this guy had set her up in an apartment in
2: New Jersey. And Kathy gets this call one day from Raina, who's in a panic and says that
1: she thought that the guy was gonna, you know, leave her. He had told her, you know, I'm gonna leave my wife. Because oh, I, I mean, I always say that. But
0: that's that's the standard trope.
1: Mm-hmm. But she was starting to suspect that maybe that wasn't the case, and she went ahead and called his wife and told her, uh, row. yeah, what was going on, and that he had called her back in a fit of rage, yeah, no shit, uh, and threatened to kill her.
0: Also, no shit.
1: So Kathy's like, okay, you know, just stay there. I'm gonna come down. And, you know, I'll help you or whatever. And she goes to Reyna's apartment. I'm not quite sure uh, you know, where in New York Jericho is in regard I mean, New York and New Jersey pretty close together, but it yeah, yeah. kinda if, depends on where in New York you're coming from. New if Jersey she's in is New York City spot,
0: she's is gonna be pretty you know
1: However long it took her to get to Raina's apartment in New Jersey, when she got there, the door was slightly ajar. She kinda tapped on it and it was not all the way shut and latched. There was food, like, it was still warm, like she had just prepared it and was going to eat it on the counter, but no sign of Raina anywhere. And she waited for a few hours, and when Reina didn't return, she called the police, but the police wouldn't do anything because... Um, you know, they said that there wasn't any evidence that anything happened. It had been too short of a time. Also, probably she was just off with her boyfriend. I'm sure they were dismissive because the fact that she was a woman and an immigrant, too. So oh, it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, when was this the 1960s? Uh, yeah, 1969.
0: Yeah, stop being hysterical.
1: Yeah. I'm sure she's fine. I'm sure she just, uh, you know, left everything behind to take off with her boyfriend.
2: You know how, you know how silly women the, are, Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. flighty. Right? Yeah. I'm literally back here every day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. sorting through garbage because I don't want to leave a single thing behind. <laughs> right. And I know I'm not like all other people. There are lots of other people that are better than me at getting rid of things. I mean, I'm not hoarder. Right. But. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, it's not to the point where I'm like okay, I, I need to keep this scrap of paper. Not yet. Not yet, at least. I can throw all the scraps of paper away, but I am kind of, yeah. I want to make sure I have all my things. <laughs> right. So. And I do have probably too many things. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would find it hard to believe that it's just going to be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to walk away from everything.
0: Yeah, just poof, gone.
1: It could be literally like, okay, end of the world. and would be like, wait, let me just grab one more thing.
0: Hold on, where's my vape?
1: <laughs> yeah. I would totally be like, God damn it, where's my fucking vape? <laughs> oh, no, and I want to grab this. And, oh, and where's that shirt that I like and, you know, of the 300 shirts? But, oh, and, and also this one. Oh, and I might need an extra pair of boots.
0: No, not those boots, the other
1: ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So for 30 years, she never knew what happened to her friend. Her
0: friend just Disappeared.
1: Yeah, but she highly suspected that whoever the father was of the child, what you know, had something to yeah. do with it, and yeah. rightly so. Okay, so let's jump back to Boca Raton, Florida, and this badass detective, Detective Edwards, goes a knocking on Mister Howard Elkins' door. Who? Is... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that sound effect. No problem. <laughs> it's like, hello, Mister Elkins. <laughs> Howard Elkins is now 70 years old. Retired, living the good life in Florida, which yeah. is what a lot of people who, you know, make a lot of money in New York do eventually.
0: Yeah, you put up with New York weather for so long. Mm-hmm. It's time to reward yourself with some nice Florida weather.
1: Yes, yeah, some nice, hot, and sticky weather.
0: I'm sure, I think Boca Raton is a little bit outside of average. Um, it's all hot and sticky. Hurric- well, no, I mean, it's outside of the, where it <laughs> gets hit with the hurricanes. All the time. Oh, okay. Like, there's still a possibility, but it's sort of like where you are, where there's less of a chance you're going to get hit mm-hmm. with a storm.
1: And I always think, like when you're older, you just start like losing all your fat and stuff. So, and connective tissue. That's why you get cold. Some
0: people. Some people gain fat.
1: Right, but there's a lot of elderly people where you you. They're just kind of like skin and bone. Yeah, and they're fucking cold all the time. They can't can insulate that. themselves, and so...
0: Why would you want to live in some place like New York or Minnesota?
1: Mm-mm. Burr. Burr. Plus, this happened during snowpocalypse a couple years ago, which I'm sure you remember. Yes. Uh, how like snowplows never fucking come over here, and there's like two feet of snow, Yeah, and you can't fucking even get out of your driveway. Yep. Um, unless you dig yourself out, but if you're fucking old as shit, do you think you're gonna dig yourself out no. of a driveway no. and drive in the snow and get food? No, it was like that for like two fucking weeks. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it. Fortunately, there's people that are like less uh, selfish and self-centered than me that put out on like the Woodville neighbors. Like check on page. your elderly. Like, neighbors. Uh, maybe you should check on your elderly neighbors, see if they need some food. Go to the store. I mean, if you're able to shovel yourself out of your driveway and go to the food. Maybe yeah. you should get some for your neighbors who are old and can't. <laughs> right. So I can see where yeah that that could be a problem. Like if you're so you know Florida's a great place to like never have snow. Not a
0: lot of snow in Florida.
1: Yeah, and if they're, you're out of the hurricane range, then that's probably not going to impede you from getting food at the store either. Right. So, there you go. Now Detective Edwards uh, asks Elkins, and he kind of like presents him with all this information. Like, oh hey, look. Uh, this house that you owned, well, I mean, I guess you're already aware that the house that you owned had a body under the crawl space. The crawl space that you had built that was built while you were living there,
2: and not any time before. Or after. Also, we uh have figured out that this woman
1: worked at the factory that you owned, the plastics factory.
0: You remember that little factory, right? Mm-hmm. You worked there all your life.
1: And rumor has it that uh you might have been having an affair and it just it, it just would be odd if these things weren't all, you know, connected a little bit. But of course, Elkins is just totally uncooperative and finally says like, "Well, yeah, I did have an affair with a Hispanic woman, but I don't remember her name right. or what she looked like." Right. Uh lie. Yeah, such a fucking lie.
0: Unless he's having tons of affairs. I can't believe that for a second. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's basically the only excuse for having an affair and not remembering it because...
0: You just broke the fidelity of your marriage with fucking. That,
1: that's a big deal. That's yeah, a, I mean, that's you, something where you you stood to lose a lot.
0: You made this whole promise, and you've got like this whole life where you've split all this stuff, and like,
1: right? Just so, to
0: like, oh, I don't know, fuck. I, I was nailing you remember some shit. who I don't the remember. fuck that
1: was that you took that chance on?
0: Yeah, that's a huge risk.
1: Unless you're like a sex addict, like you said. And, yeah, unless And, just, you, and there's yeah. just like so many anonymous people. That that, just, yeah, and that's and yeah.
0: then of course, yeah. But under regular circumstances. You're going to fucking remember that shit.
1: And Detective Edwards asks if he wouldn't mind submitting a DNA sample. You know, just like, okay, well, if you didn't know her and that wasn't your baby she was pregnant with, how about we just pull this little swab out and uh, we'll just take care of that right now? We have the kit all ready to go. We'll
0: just clear everything up right now.
1: hmm. And Elkins was like, that's a hard no. Yeah. He's like, I want a lawyer, and no, I'm not going to give you my DNA. Under any circumstances, now please get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, yeah. So Detective Edwards is like, all right, fine, we'll leave. But before he walks away, he turns and he tells him, I'm going to come back tomorrow with a fucking search warrant for your DNA. And then we're gonna find that that is your baby, and you are gonna go down for murdering this girl and her baby. And then he's like, "See you later.
0: Have a nice day.
1: Have a nice day.
0: <laughs> Live it up, old man. You don't. You're the clock's a ticking.
2: It definitely is. Well, sometime after that encounter,
1: Elkins goes down to the local walmart and purchases a 12 gauge shotgun and some shells i keep forgetting that you can buy guns at walmart oh yeah
2: yeah it's
1: like i mean i'm all about having guns and stuff but it's just like why i like i just hate walmart in general so i'm just like
0: fred myers used to be able to buy guns at too
1: oh that's weird i never knew that
0: You can buy them at, like, Big Five, but at least that's a sporting goods store.
1: Right, because I just feel like Walmart is, like, one of the places that should not be selling guns.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. (laughs) I mean, they still do all the regular stuff. They're not just, like, have a gun with your ham, (laughs) but...
1: You can't just slip it in with all your no, other no, items you, in the checkout. <laughs> no,
0: it's just like the video games and the knives. Is you have to buy. Yeah, them right you have there. to do it
1: at that the special counter where yeah. I'm hoping they still do all the special checks. But, oh yeah, which they clearly do. there weren't any because it was like Florida. Because you know he just he walked in and he walked out with them.
0: Yeah, and I believe that the the, no I mean, the laws period. of the shotguns are different too.
1: Yeah, well, it's different when it's considered to be uh, like a hunting yeah type thing. Yeah. That's why there's, like, an 18-year-old can have a hunting rifle or shotgun, but not a handgun.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because you don't hunt with handguns.
0: You don't hunt with handguns.
1: mm Well, you can hunt people with handguns. Yeah. But, you know.
0: Yeah. Handguns are generally for
2: <laughs>
0: other people.
1: Yeah, other people. Self-defense or not. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning. Now, this is September 9th when uh, Detective Edwards has this little, you know, one-on-one with Elkins and basically is like, Yeah, you're going down. Gotcha. Mm hmm. Morning of September 10th, Elkins climbs into his neighbor's, into the backseat of his neighbor's SUV, put the shotgun against his head, and pulled the trigger.
0: So he shot himself.
1: He shot himself in his neighbor's SUV.
0: That is so fucking rude. That
1: is, I couldn't even believe it. Like, I mean, I guess I could because he's the kind of guy who uh kills a woman he slept with and his his own unborn child just because they're like an inconvenience to his life now. Yeah. And I guess he decided he would just wildly inconvenience his neighbors with his suicide by blowing his brains out all over their fucking car.
0: Ruins the interior.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, you could take it to one of those like special like cleanup places, but
0: yeah. Time I to mean, get, yeah.
1: you, you, just when you're thinking, like, Ronald, like, Ronald selling the house is being, like, wildly inconvenienced here. Yeah, no shit. Imagine being fucking Howard Elkins' goddamn neighbor. You're
0: getting up to go to work, and there's... And
1: there's brains all over Old the, man
0: Elkins dead in the backseat of your car.
1: Yeah. And then you're having to, like, make all the calls to the insurance company and try and explain this. And being like, no, I don't want it looked <laughs> like, no, just get me a new fucking car. Yeah, I just need this check. gone.
0: There's got to be something somewhere.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm guessing that was a headache and a half.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
1: Well, as far as the criminal aspect of it, I can just fucking put a bow on that
2: one. Yep. There is one piece of it left, though. Uh, author Oscar Corral, who was
1: following the case... And just a great person in general decided that, obviously, somebody has to be missing this woman.
0: Right. I mean, this, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, she wasn't from New York. She was an immigrant. So he actually found her family and traveled in person to San Martin, El Salvador, where he met uh, Celia, who was uh, Marroquin's it was her uh 95 year old mother. Oh wow. Her mom was 95. Well, she's been gone 30 years. Yeah, totally. She's 27 at the time of her death. Now, as soon as Reina's picture is shown to Celia, she collapses in tears. Of course. And uh, according to her sister whose name is whose name is Dora, Reina, you know, had left in 1966 and had been very good about writing letters and calling in when she could, back to her family. Yeah, yeah. She had gone there because she wanted to work in the fashion industry and had kept telling her mother, like, I'm going to be somebody. Yeah, you know, she had the American dream. Yeah. It was yeah. so sad because, of course, it ended up being a total fucking nightmare. They had put notices in the paper in El Salvador looking for information, but as far as getting any information from the United States...
2: They I'm couldn't, I'm they sure. They just couldn't,
1: like... yeah. Her family had... Pretty much, just resigned themselves to never finding out what happened to her.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what are they going to do? There, was, she wasn't anywhere. No one was going to find her. I mean, she was somewhere, but I mean, it didn't matter. No one was going to find her.
1: Right.
2: Now, here is the weird part the weird the part that was just kind of like, "Oh shit!" for me. For thirty years,
1: since her daughter had gone missing, or just she hadn't heard from her, stopped hearing from her, Celia, her mother, was having recurring nightmares about her being trapped in a barrel.
0: That's fucking wild. Yeah. So the whole time that her daughter was, in fact, in, in a, barrel. a barrel, she was dreaming that her daughter was in a barrel. Yes. Fuck.
1: Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Reyna's remains were flown down to El Salvador, where she was buried, and one month later her mother Celia died and was buried next to her. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's not overly surprising though.
1: No, but it, isn't it crazy that she I mean she held on until I, she was back.
0: I mean, I can that I I find that to be less shocking than the oh, fact she drived about her in right. a barrel. No, no, that's but I the can big completely see that. Me. It's just like you're you're holding on for your whole life and you finally got this closure and you're and just then, able to finally yeah. relax and rest and, and, mm-hmm. and rest. Yep. I mean, exactly. it's gotta be the worst thing it was for more a parent like, isn't to lose a child.
1: Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it, no, it's not crazy at all, but just like, wow. Like it's one of those cases where it like really happened kind of like with Carrie Fisher, like yeah. when her, when she died and her mom died like the next day, yeah. like a broken heart. But yeah. But yeah, she. I think that's that's a little lived different. for ninety five years, probably in a place where you don't really have. That's probably way beyond the average life expectancy.
0: Maybe uh, with diet and stuff. I mean, it's possible that that's not the case at all. Who knows? If you're not eating a lot of red meat and you've got a lot of lean, you know, lean protein, and I'm just feeling vegetables. More, more
1: the case that it's like a third world country. Oh well, and, I mean, there's that, but yeah. still,
0: I mean, people in third world countries. If they're able to get food is, are oftentimes eat a lot healthier than like your average, you know, American.
1: That's true. Although I feel like um, there's a lot of sugar consumed. Probably. Like a lot. Yeah. There's sugar in everything. When I went to Nicaragua, like sugar, sugar, sugar. Yeah. I
0: mean, I don't know since I don't really know what their cuisine entails, but who knows? I mean, maybe she didn't have the money for sugar. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, regardless of uh, your how rich or poor, how much food you have, ninety-five is actually quite a long. That's time That's pretty to fucking live, old, regardless. Period. Yeah. So I just, I just kind of marvelled at the fact that she lived so long, and then she finds out this information. Uh, her daughter comes home, and then yeah, in a, within a month she dies. Yeah. But the whole fact that she was dreaming about her being that's, trapped in a barrel—that is just that's what? that's
0: something else right there.
1: Yeah. So that that was the thing that piqued my interest, not just like, holy shit, like yeah. yeah, the whole investigation was pretty crazy and you can uh listen to the episode of my favorite murder or there there's several things out on the the internet. I think there was another podcast that did an episode. So if you want way more in depth about the actual murder and case, um tune in or look it up on on Google. But that was the part of the story that actually was like huge to me like holy shit this whole time her mom was dreaming about her being trapped in a barrel yeah because that kind of shit like really freaks me out like i don't like it when i dream something and then something similar happens yeah Yeah. because then i have anxiety about like the terrible things that i dream Uh and it's like is that gonna happen is this an isolated incident or yeah yeah and it's really creepy when you come across cases like that where Someone has been, like, repetitively dreaming uh, a certain event, and then it turns out that it actually happened.
0: Well, there's many stories about people who will, like, wake up out of a dead sleep or have a dream about a relative and will find out later that that relative died mm-hmm. at that time. And that was sort of a them reacting to it. Yeah. Or, you know. But did Lord Carnarvon's they... dog die at the same time he did or something like that?
1: Yes, and that was like way, like he was, the like dog was like miles in, away. yeah, the dog was like in London. And
0: he was in, uh, at, probably
1: at the Downton Abbey house. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably, probably.
1: <laughs> Being cared for by like eight servants. Yeah, well. um, Yeah. Yeah, it happened at the same exact time as Lord Carnarvon dying of that, what, like that infected mosquito bite? Yeah, and face Egypt. infection. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sepsis. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just just crazy stuff like that, the connections between
2: it's family weird. members it's and then strange. your dreams. Yeah. That's just wild. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: And that is that that's all I got on the story of the lady in the drum. But
0: Well, thank you all very much for listening. Joanna, it's very nice to have you back.
1: Thank she... you for having me and letting me squat at your house. Oh, no problem. <laughs>
0: Uh, henceforth, we should be uh, both of us doing episodes. Uh, we'll see as it's sort of going to, be, going to be hectic for Joanna for the next couple of months. But even though she will not be in the same state as I am any longer, we do have 21st century technology. So everything should still be just fine.
1: Right. We are. We're still going to be coming back at you together again.
0: That's right. So go ahead and check us out on all of our social medias. Any place that we are, you will find us at Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast.
1: That's right. Oh, and a special thank you to Nate's wonderful girlfriend, Sarah. Oh, yeah. I'd be an asshole without uh, thanking her for her hospitality as well.
0: It's her house, and she is uh, literally the best.
1: She is the actual, literal best.
0: Take a look at our podcast syndicate, ageofradio.org. Listen to the other podcasts that are on that syndicate with us and they got a nice bizarre page where you can find stuff to buy if you're so inclined also take a look at our patreon patreon.com slash stranger than podcast for one dollar you just give us a dollar a month and that's nice of you for two dollars you get ad free episodes and for five dollars a month you get a the ad free episodes in addition to a bonus episode. And with that, we will talk to you next time.
1: And stay strange.